Yes, you are. There you are. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. It's John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show, where people are thirsting, dying for a little combination of news and entertainment. Like to call what? Joe? Newstainment? That's right. Yeah, Sherry. Oh, go. What are you wearing, Sherry? Oh, something pretty. Might go to the city Sick later. Time to, get to get ready for the show! Oh, boy! People keep making mistakes and we keep having news to talk about, right? Let's face it. People weren't screwing stuff up. We'd have nothing to talk about. We lived in a completely infallible world. We'd be like, well, we can talk about, right? Billy Joel's got a new song. Joe likes that. And uh, more stuff coming out of Olympia that we get a chance to bat around. Like this, Washington lawmakers considering a massive 30-year property tax break for developers to convert vacancy offices into homes. The Seattle Times has the story, and um, you basically get the split this way. The Republicans are like, yeah, let's give a tax break so that they convert these buildings. And then the folks on the left are like, no, 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 not to private developers. Let's give it to nonprofit developers because they're really good at developing compared to the private because the nonprofit, well, they're driven by their heart, not by greed, and they do a great job. (sighs) So the debate now is, should we give them the tax break? Should we not give them the tax break? What should we do? What is this one? What bill is this? um, This is uh, paying attention home SB 6175 for those of you playing along at home, right? Yep, and its companion is HB uh, 2308. Wow. So oh, the three cities that really are mostly affected by the empty office space is, uh, are Seattle, Tacoma, and the east side. 14% mm-hmm. of office space is empty or available. What this would do, it would allow uh, these cities to create tax exemptions, I, I guess, of their own making uh, mm-hmm. for uh, – contractors or developers to turn these buildings into apartments. They would be exempt uh, from mandatory housing affordability requirements. That's a Mm -hmm. big thing in Seattle. So they wouldn't have to worry about any of that. They would have to, if it was a historic buildings, things like that, they had to to follow along with those rules. But they said that, you know, a lot of this is going to come down to whether or not those buildings can actually be converted. Mm-hmm. Because it's very difficult to convert a, a, a building of offices into a building with uh, with with apartments for 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 a number of of reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. They believe that if they did this, they'd get about a thousand to two thousand apartments or condos out of the deal. Yeah, buildings built in the seventies are easier to convert than the ones built in the eighties, nineties, and continuing. By the way, conversions of buildings have been happening since 2016. New York City has actually already passed this thing. The problem, of course, is the cost. Some estimate anywhere between $200 a square foot. Some conversions as high as $500 to $700 a square foot. So you get a big building. Think about how those things are set up, right? You have to do plumbing, uh, lighting, windows. They're not built for anybody to live in them, but they're trying to convert them. So they say, okay, to create more affordability, we'll increase, we'll increase the supply. If we increase the supply, the prices will come down. So how do we get them to convert these things? Well, if we give them a tax break to convert, 
and they don't have to pay, they, you know, save on the taxes for 30 years, then we'll actually have buildings converted. We'll increase the supply. That's will drive the price down. Then you get into the weeds on the rest of the stuff with it. Other cities have done it. New York is trying to do it. But again, the big cost is the conversion cost. So if you're paying $500 a square foot to convert some gigantic building, that's pretty high. So by the time the developer does all the runs all the numbers on it, like for instance in New York when they converted a few of these, guess what it turned out to be? The price. Ready? For a studio apartment, $3,500. For a two-bedroom, $7,500. The Pearl House got converted. Well, the problem is that's not affordable. So the way Washington State wants to do it is a fifth of the home. So you convert a great big building over, a fifth of the homes have to then, you know, fit some sort of economic, you know, like 70% of medium income or whatever it was. Somebody making $70,000. So a fifth. So if you have 100 units, a fifth of them would need to be quote unquote affordable. And the way developers do that is they say, okay, so we're losing money on the fifth of it. So we'll take the rest and we'll jack the, the rent up on everybody else to cover the loss on the fifth. So that's that's how they work the numbers on this sort of stuff. Frank Chop and some Democrats say, no, let's give the money to nonprofits because they're so effective because nonprofits are driven by um, just goodwill. Where profit, on the other hand, when you're driven by profit, people tend to be a little bit more motivated. If you were a nonprofit, really, really just a nonprofit that didn't care, then just don't get paid. Go into work, if you call it work, every single day and don't do the work. I mean, don't do, well, actually, don't do the work and don't get paid because money's not really the driver for you. So this idea to give it to a nonprofit, well, that just keeps it more in control of the government. You give it to those greedy developers. Who knows what will happen? The biggest problem Seattle has, they have the highest vacancy rate in the United States into, into urban cities. I think it's like at 45% or something. Why? Crime. People don't want to go to work. People at Microsoft that were going to the Macy's building said, I, I don't feel safe. So Microsoft said, you know what? We're not going to ask you to come into work. It's very dangerous. They had 24-hour guards out in front of this place, and people still felt unsafe. As long as the city is unsafe and the people feel unsafe, they're not going to necessarily want to come back. So you have to hire police, and then you actually have to put criminals in jail. Shocking that you have to put criminals in jail. you got to fix that system first. Until you do that, you can convert as many buildings as possible, but people are not going to be coming back if they just don't feel safe. I talked to a friend of mine yesterday. He's got a friend of his that lives down in um, uh, Chinatown area, and she says, at dark, as soon as it gets dark, she's in her house. She refuses to walk around outside past like 7 o'clock at night or even earlier than that. She says, I'm basically a prisoner of my own home. I don't want to go out. I don't want to get robbed. That's how bad things are out there. So fix that problem first. Hire police. Put criminals in jail. Make it a little civil society for everybody, and then you'll see people coming back. But you can do as much with the tax breaks as possible that if people don't want to live there, they're not going to move there. So you got to fix your first problem, Seattle. That's my take on it. Some of the other things that, that could be happening is that this number might increase because there are a lot of leases that are going to yep. expire that were uh, they were before the pandemic. They were signed mm -hmm. before the pandemic. Those are coming due and that and you may see, I don't know, dozens more because people don't need the office space anymore. Yep, that's a problem because there's a whole lot of money hanging out there. Trillions and trillions of dollars banks expect to be paid back on if they start folding 
look out. I mean, it could really cause a major, major disruption. Far worse than what we had in 2007, 2008 with all of the uh, people just walking away from their homes. Imagine walking away from trillions of dollars worth of assets when it comes to these commercial buildings. So Seattle better get their act in uh, play. Other cities have done it. So now Washington's looking to do it with these tax breaks. We'll see if that thing goes anywhere. Here's one for you. This is Rance. Oh, no, because Rance is a troublemaker. I should have warned Jacob ahead of time, or no, Jacob, but Andrew ahead of time that we we're going to talk about um, Rance because he, he is a troublemaker, Sherry, and I just i will keep saying that while Andrew tries to find the sound of uh, the troublemaker sound so I can dance. Here we go. Because, <clears throat> you know, he's got this. He's troublemaker. That's right, troublemaker Jason Rance. Always wow. looking for trouble. Yeah, Good dance. Thank you. I was doing all that on that one. Shoreline High School holds a candlelight vigil. Wow, holds a candlelight vigil for mass murderer dictator Fidel Castro. Do we have sound on the candlelight vigil that they held? Let's see. Uh, I don't think not. so. Uh oh, uh oh, oh! I got some sound here. Hold on. We moved now to Cuba, where former. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if this particular school is part of it, but they had the candlelight vigil. What did they do? Were they mourning the loss of the uh, murderous dictator? Yeah, sort of. They believe that Fidel Castro was a martyr and he advanced civil rights. Um, they say that he decolonized his decolonization efforts were was part of the reason why he got selected. So there were mm-hmm. a few other people involved in this. Uh, yeah. One of the things that they didn't do is require anybody to say the Pledge of Allegiance. They put the Pledge of Allegiance up on the screen, but they said if you want to just have a moment of silence in in lieu of that, you, you can do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it says, now we are continuing a tradition today to have a candlelight vigil to pay solemn tribute to a selection of people who were martyred while working on behalf of advancing civil rights, social justice, and decolonization. This year oh. we are selecting so, black uh, American. Yes. Are they, well, I'm sorry. Just don't need to interrupt you, Sherry. I know you're in the middle of something, and I appreciate you not swearing. So the is it for the <laughs> martyrs? Which one? Is that the, the 78,000 that were murdered under Castro? Was it the, um, what, 56? Was it 5,600 that were in front of a firing squad? Including children, it was it those. It was it. Oh, was it the people that did everything they possibly could to get away from the utopia that he had created by throwing themselves into shark-infested waters, just hoping mm-hmm. that they land somewhere near the United States, or were they crying for Fidel Castro and uh, Che Rivera and Castro's brother? Who, who were they? Who were they light the candles for? Uh, Nelson Mandela, uh-huh. Emmett Till. I think okay. Martin Luther King Jr. might have been in there yep. as well. That's good. Good so company. So these, these are all people that well-deserved. Absolutely. Yes. Castro, it's that the students were told that Castro was a figure whose impact on Cuba and the world is undeniable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Because they talk decolonization, so they, they, they don't like colonists. They don't like anybody coming to the country and creating, I guess, division in that there's wealth and that the country becomes prosperous. Every single country has been colonized that is prosperous, rather it's UK going around the world, right? 
in the uh, 18th century with the United States, um, France, you name it. They've all gone in, conquered, colonized, and then created more freedom. Mm-hmm. You want to see some of the worst places in the world? That would be North Korea, Venezuela, and Cuba. The guy was a murderous dictator and um, a horrible human being. And the fact that they're feeding this garbage to these kids, it could possibly be. They might. It Was it Shoreline? What school was it? Yeah, Shoreline High School. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they got some of the money. There is a thing called Confucius um, education. So China has poured about 17 million or more into colleges and into elementary schools and high schools to teach. And they say, oh, it's to teach kids Mandarin. No, it's not. <laughs> it's to teach them that capitalism is bad, that colonization is bad, that communism is the way to go. That's part of it. I don't know if the school got some of this money, but this thing got revealed, the money coming in from China into the United States. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had a Senate hearing, and they were explaining where the money comes from, what the money's being used for. But it's basically, you're getting money from China, our arch enemy, an arch enemy of freedom and democracy, and they're spending it in the United States so they can help educate kids. This might be part of it or not. I don't know. This piece that you pulled here, what is this from here, Joe? This is former Cuban dictator. Da, 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 receiving. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the fact that China... China gave him the uh, basically sort of the Nobel Peace Prize that they hand out. We move now to Cuba, where former President Fidel Castro uh, has been recognized in China for China's version of the Nobel Peace Prize. The Chinese offered the award to the former Cuban leader. The leader of the Cuban Revolution was awarded the renowned Confucius Peace Prize, it's called, owing to his work in denouncing the role of the United States in instigating conflicts around the world. Yeah, you talk to anybody, and I knew a woman who lived in Cuba when Castro came in, and they took everybody's private property, right, threw people in these prisons to die and squalor conditions, um, and people that were able to flee fled. How many people, it's such a great place, how many people swim to Cuba every single day? That's true. I, I mean, it, 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 he was a horrible man. But according to the script and the people that were putting this event on, he was the leader of the Cuban Rev- Revolution in 1955, and his goal was to uplift his people by overthrowing the Batista regime and mm-hmm. ushering in a new era of social justice. Right. Social justice. Whenever anybody puts the word social in front of something, you know there is corruption to begin with. Cuba, Castro, the Russians, communism, it's all collected together. Russia, of course, is sort of the dying bear. But what they have in Cuba and the misery that they got, they got rid of capitalism, and now everyone is equally miserable. That's what socialism is. That's what communism is, the bigger brother of socialism. And the fact that China is giving them, giving Castro at that time, uh, that he got the like Nobel Peace Prize. These schools, again, if you've got a kid in this school and they're feeding your kid this crap, You have a right to know that this is happening, and you should probably pull the kid out and go, hey, can I explain to you a little bit of what Castro was all about? And if you're walking around with a Shea Rivera shirt on, you need to do a little bit of research on that stuff before you start to hold these people up to such high regard and crap all over America. It's true. 
Um, right. Yeah. It's, it's so simple. Are you okay with China taking money and giving it to local schools so they, the local schools, can teach the kids how great China is, how great Castro is? This Confucius Jeez. Institute, it, yes. it must be, I don't think it's growing. It, it has about 10 places now. It's down from 120 in 2020. So people yeah. may be on to them. They yeah, may be they losing are. their funding, Funding, not not sure yeah. what it is, but it has significantly decreased. Yeah, because like, oh, there's a fox in the hen house. You know what? Oh, trouble, trouble, make it, yeah, that's middle name. Oh, oh. There's a trouble face. No good, but wow. In my brain, and I want to know why does it feel so good, but hurt so bad. I'm a force in the dance floor. A force in the dance floor, Sherry. That's a little, uh, little twitchy. Yeah, you got the Elvis face going on. Something I'm working on. You can only appreciate it up close, right? Joe and I had a little side conversation, Sherry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not cutting you out of it, just letting you know. Joe Mama. Go to, the inst- go to the Instagram page, John and Sherry Show, Instagram. That's S-H-A-R-I, Sherry. John and Sherry Show, Instagram page. And, uh, Joe, what are they supposed to do to make this thing work? <laughs> well, they, they just kick the, they hit the contact button, uh-huh. and then it'll dial up our voicemail. Yes. And then you say, I'm Aaron from uh, Renton, and yes. I'm in need of some newstainment. Right. Yeah, and whoever says newstainment the best, I mean, really punches that made-up word, but win fabulous prizes, as determined by Joe. All right? Sounds and you get good. a chance to be heard on the radio. Yeah. Well, you're start mm-hmm. the show every day with that. That'd be great. Or every oh, four o'clock. Okay, stop it. You know what? Get yourself some sort of yourself. <laughs> Sorry, did you hear that? I no, guess no. every bit of it. No. <laughs> get yourself some sort of device. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, as we we're in the right uh, segment to say that. Yes, we are, Sherry, because here they come. Uh, ABs, uh, or what are they called? Adult babies. ABs, yeah. ABs, adult babies, or people that suffer from paraphilic, um, infancy. That's, they normally, it's boys, starts around 11 years old. They really get into, like, wanting to be a baby. And then they grow up and they still want to be babies and they like to wear diapers and stuff. And now they're, they're in a <laughs> community and, Southern New Hampshire. Well, we all know New Hampshire is known as the live free and die state, but some here in Atkinson are wondering if uh, this new business takes that a little bit too far. The owner of what she says is the first and only diaper spa in the country invited me in for a look to try to dispel some of the fears and misconceptions. Play-Doh, kinetic sand, crayons. It looks like a child's playroom. It it is. Um, it's, It's for... Processing. It's for working out issues. Colleen Murphy shows me the childlike safe space where she hopes to dispense therapy that involves clients wearing adult diapers to deal with stress or trauma. And what about the diapers? It's a diaper spa. This is my changing room. So it has diapers, changing room, baby powder, and wet wipes, and everything you would expect. The diaper spa website offers nursery spa care for $300 an hour, 
virtual playdates for $200, and a diaper B&B for $1,500 a day that Murphy describes as a premier experience for the little one inside of you. By the way, that's what you're going to win if you give us a good voicemail message. It's for the uh, little one inside you, Sherry. Help them process whatever trauma it was. A lot of times it's childhood trauma when they were still in diapers or just getting out of diapers, and they want to feel that safety that they had before that. Playtime, story time, nap time, cuddle time. Mm-hmm. You understand why people read this when they think for an adult in a diaper? They, I guess they, you talk about the judgment. They find it strange. They do. And, um, you know, I don't ask them to understand you know, it would be nice if they did, but you're not going to all understand other people's needs and lifestyle. Some neighbors are outraged, and an online petition has been started to block the diaper spa from operating here. I'm sure there's a lot of kids that live around here, and what type of people are going to do that? You, you do what you want in your home, but a business, I, I just, it's not right for the community. Others say live and let live. just wouldn't bother me. I mean, if I didn't need it, it still wouldn't bother me. Murphy says her clients are all over 21, and she insists that diaper wearing isn't about recreation or sexual fetishes. What do you hope comes from this? That people learn to be more accepting of people that, um, you know, are different. Murphy tells me she's licensed in New York and Maine, but not in New Hampshire. She believes she doesn't need a license to practice the kind of therapy that she is handing out. The town manager says he's been talking with Murphy about the needs and requirements for a home business in a residential neighborhood, but he says no formal application has been filed yet. When it is, he says, it will have to go before a public meeting of the town zoning board. We're in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Dan Housley, 7 News. So then we get into this whole thing of, like, is this so big accepting, right? Society has a response or has responses to things like this, like people, furries and people, adults pe- trying, trying to be babies. And you say, so we accepting it. Is this person, is this an illness? And should they, they want to get over it or we should all accept it and not be judgmental, right? The idea yeah. of, well, society's too judgmental and live and let live. But people can have the response like, Phew, that is weird, right? That's that's odd. Oh, no, it's not. You're judging. No, it's 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 odd. And then you say, is this a condition that somebody could try to get over? And then you start and then you, it's the old camel's nose under the tent. Well, if this behavior is, you know, who are we to judge as a society that it's a per- perfectly OK? Then you, how many more steps do you make until it gets to the point where people say, well, I like to do this. OK, that's fine. Um, in the privacy of your own home, nobody has to hear about it. But at a certain point when it becomes more public and you're asking somebody to accept the behavior, the acceptance is that you're no longer living free. You're telling that other person, accept it, and, um, and not only accepting it, but then also don't judge it. People will judge it, right? And well, I mean, I don't see what the big deal is, really. I mean, I think it's completely weird, but it's not like they have an outdoor playground where a bunch of adults are walking around in diapers. I mean, it is all behind closed doors. It is all private. And I, I mean, I I guess it could lead to some weird people hanging out there, but lots of places could do that. I mean, it's I don't I, I wouldn't oppose it. Yeah, I don't care. 
Yeah, what, what do you care? How does that affect anybody? It doesn't. Listen, there's a bunch of other stuff. People, well, why does that guy wear that or do this? That's weird, right, with society. But at a certain point, society does go, well, is this – as long as you're not asking anybody to approve and then change their behavior and approve um, – or affirm. We hear a lot about affirming. That it's your responsibility to affirm my choice. Nah, not yeah, really. As long as you don't have to call him a baby or something, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah and as long as I'm not asking for discounts. Whoa, I'm under two. <laughs> yeah, I'm 325 pounds, but I'm under two, right? And you got to accept that because I so, see myself as a two-year-old. I, I'm a little naive about this. The what? diaper thing. Yeah, the diaper thing. Are they? She has a changing yep. station. Does she do the changing? Sherry, stop judging. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just, I, I, I have a lot of natural curiosity. I just don't know what that would be for. Do you bring somebody along? I mean, it's I think gross. that's a safe assumption that she's, she's helping. Ugh, gross. Imagine trying to hire for that job. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for people that like working with kids. Good, good with babies. That are 50 plus. At least, at least they're, easy, they're easy to talk to. You can rationally with them, right? Like, hey, 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 Steve, knock it off. Oh, sorry about that. I mean, you could they talk to them a little bit. It's a little easier than a two-year-old or something. Must be able um, to lift at least 300 pounds. Gross. <laughs> oh, my God. She can't like, be happy about having to do that. I mean, what makes a person... I mean, I can see if you're in assisted living or some kind of nursing care, you, that's part of your job. But this, I mean, hey, you know what I like, think I'll start? You know, like, yeah, I'd love like, to do Doug, a business. Doug, where... Doug, you're 55. Do you know what? You, let's work on using the potty. So what I'm going to do is I'm yeah. going to put some M&Ms in the toilet, and I want you to try to dunk them with your urine, okay, Doug? Because we're, we're going to try to get out of diapers. Yeah, I, I would ask her, do people walk around in just diapers or do they have their clothes on over the diapers? That's and how the perfect many people- question. I, it Thank really you. is the perfect question. I agree. And and how many people have even been Mom, there? Mom, change the to, station. She doesn't I to- agree with you, lady, little girl. <laughs> oh, it took you long you enough, there. Andrew. We're going okay. to send you, you there. I would go. I would go. <laughs> and you can report back, okay? But it's okay. like. All right. We sent Sherry undercover in a diaper. <laughs> Report back. Maybe you'd this like is it. definitely an evening magazine segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd be shocked at what we found. <laughs> you all right with this, Sherry? Yeah. I, mean, I'm I know good. guys that like drive long distance, like, yeah, I don't have time to pull over. I'm just going to go in the bathroom. I pass. <sighs> okay, that's one thing. That's necessity. This is paying a lot of money. Do that. I know, I know. Hey, hey, it's, uh, I looked it up. Paraphilic who, who remembers trauma at six months old? You have so many questions. You know what? Go there. Go. If you love something, <laughs> let it go. It's not that it far comes, from D.C., right? If it comes back, make sure it's not in a diaper. That's the way that okay. whole All right. expression goes. All right. That's All good. right. That's one place Nate's not, I'm not going to be down there. Every once in a while, on Wheel of Fortune, the contestant does the 
guesses on something, and then the yeah, the people that are watching, whoa, whoa, she's right, you're wrong, Pat. You give her the money, give her the money. Happened again. This happens of probably at least once every couple of years, anyway. So, the answer, Sherry, I'll tell you now, was pink orchid. Pink mm-hmm. orchid. What is a pink orchid? So. She has to try to guess. There's a couple letters that are missing. Living thing is the category. You have 10 seconds to try to tell us what's up there. Good luck. Something orchid. Oh, did she say pink? No, she she said think. Something orchid. Pony orchid. You might have been overthinking, think of a type of orchid. Pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that didn't work out for you, and I have to look in here, but I can't open it, so. Oh, there you go. I know, that would have been awfully nice. But she had a good night. $14,007. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Okay, then everybody's using, oh, Pat Sage, I can give her the money. Here it is. So, what did she end up saying, Sherry? Think orchid. She knew it was orchid, so she was thinking out loud, saying, think orchid. What kind of orchid could it be? Ah. And she goes through a couple things, and now people are saying, no, she said pink. If she had said pink, wouldn't she have said to him, I already said pink? Yeah, or waited Pat. for the letter to turn or something? <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 She said think. Think orchid. Here's where she might have said, yeah. Think orchid. Yeah, think orchid is what she uh, said. You've got you said you just sent me her uh, her interview. I haven't listened to it, but I've got it here. You want me to play it? Yeah, she thinks she curses in it. Okay, I, I don't think go. so. It's Good Morning okay. America. Good Morning America. Okay. You know we got the ultimate referee joining us <laughs> exclusively for our GMA viewers. The <laughs> ultimate referee who can give us the answer is Megan Carvel herself. So Megan, thank you for being with us this morning and for the history books and for the sake of this desk. <laughs> what did you say? You know, I wish I said pink because there I would have go. been forty thousand dollars richer. <laughs> but I said something. You said, oh, something. No, oh. Something. Oh. Something orchid. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Whew, put that one to rest. <laughs> Why wasn't that <laughs> our lead story? Glad we figured that one out. <laughs> yeah. Something. By the way, she orchid. was wearing adult diapers while she was on the show. But <laughs> good for her. It's going around. <laughs> you know, it's it's tough having been on. I can tell you, I, I, I was in a game show. It's not a big deal about it, but it is... Uh... <laughs> really? I have not heard about that. Sometimes I literally have not, and I feel left out. You can watch it, Joe. Yeah, it's on YouTube right. somewhere. Right. Me playing Hollywood Squares. And they told us beforehand, they said, listen, it's really... We're all backstage. They did five shows a day. It's really important. You're going to get very, very nervous. So breathe a lot. Try to control the stress and also have something to eat. They had lots of food there. They say, when you get up there, your brain is just going to go, and you're going to blank out on a bunch of really, really simple things. So just try to control the stress, control it, because if not, you're just your mind would go completely blank. And you will know that when Tom Bergeron goes, and, and what is your name and who are you playing for? And people are like, uh, Rob, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my name. Yeah, but then others are just able to overcome that stress and then become the biggest winner they've ever had on Hollywood Squares. <laughs> what, what can I say? Spoiler alert. <laughs> My ugly face. <laughs> I told you what happened. I went back the second time, right? Uh-huh. Okay, and I'm not going to tell you then. <laughs>
<laughs> really? You, you remember the you story? Could... Do you remember the story? Yeah, you went back a second time. Whoopi Goldberg was there. And? No, she was there the first time, too. She smelled great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you don't remember. Well, I thought there was something to do with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes? Don't, I don't get me remember. started. Don't get me started. That's my bookie built, but Whoopi Goldberg imitation. Um, what happened next? We're out of time. Oh, all right. Cliffhanger. <laughs> I might share with you later.